What's up, everyone? This is your boy, Khalif. Welcome to a special edition of the show, Friendly Fire, the podcast where we talk about everything from entertainment to politics. But today we got a special treat for you guys. Um, Jamise isn't in on the show. She has some things to take care of. But no worries. We have the prestigious... Movie critic and friend of mine, Michael Gonzalez. Say hello to everyone, please. Uh, hello, everyone. <laughs> this is Michael Gonzalez. <laughs> Why do you sound like? Hey, thank you for the uh, <laughs> thank you for the intro. <laughs> hey, I'm trying to sound like you. Oh, you try to sound like me? Oh, what are you trying to say, man? Don't start. It's all. It's just the show. Just begin it. I'm just saying, you know, you sound a little different on the show is all I'm saying, but it's all good. I do do not sound different. I'm just trying to be professional. (laughs) I'll take cues from you. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, just relax. This is a show. I mean, guys, if you're listening, you're in for a treat. This is one of my really good friends. I've known him for many, many years, and we discuss movies from – Jan Silent Bob Strike back to like the Royal Tenenbaums, everything. So this is a show we want you guys to kick back and have fun. And also for you 80s babies, um, this is something that will be kind of a kickback. Um, if you were a fan of martial arts film in the late 80s, early 90s, you heard of the man, JCVD, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Van Damage. The man had hit movies such as Bloodsport, Double Impact, Universal Soldier, Time Cop. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I I thought you had something to add to that, sir. Why are you putting emphasis on Time Cop? That's your favorite. (laughs) That's what it is. You can't show favoritism, man. Let me tell you this. this. This guy is not just a man. Okay, he he is more than a man. Okay, he's a he's an international treasure really yes one of the best actors of our generation or any generation mr john claude van damme and don't you be forgetting the mister okay hey, he's the muscle from brussels that's all i'm saying exactly he there's a there's a a statue of him over there you know he's like the the true life rocky are you sure are you making this up no i'm not making that up look it up you can google it later all right, I will. I would definitely do that. And for you guys, if you and just in case you guys you want to chime in, remember you can always leave a comment on the website page at crossfire.crusade.net and email us at friendlyfire at crusade.net. And if you know the answer that if there really is a Kim Jong Il like statue of Jean Claude Van Damme in Belgium, let us know. So let's go ahead and take a quick break so you can hear a word from our sponsor, GameStop. Today's sponsor is brought to you by GameStop for the gamer in you. For those of you that love to play PS3, PS4, Xbox 360, Xbox One, and any other system that you can think of, you can also go to GameStop, buy cheap games, or trade in your smart devices for store credit. Whoa, store credit. Nice. Exactly. So go down to your nearest GameStop or better yet, if you want to order online, go to GameStop.Crusade.com. 
GameStop.net, and that is Crusade with a K, GameStop.Crusade.net. Just help Crusade Movement out by putting the little pennies in our pockets, and it costs you nothing extra. And really, GameStop is the only place that you even should be considering looking for fulfilling your gaming needs. Honestly. All right. And thank you, guys. Thanks, GameStop, for sponsoring us today and helping us keeping the show free for everyone out here. So let's go ahead. So the movie that we're talking about today, we did talk about JCVD, the men, the myth, and the legend. They're rebooting. Oh, what was that, sir? I, I said that's that's better. Oh, that's better. I'm yeah. sorry if he's your boyfriend, man. It's just you know I'm trying to do him do him justice as you if you will. <laughs> but <laughs> they rebooted the the franchise. Would we say franchise because you know the other movies were starring Sacha Mitchell, so maybe one of his lower. I mean, could we say Kickboxer was a hit movie? Kickboxer was a hit movie, and let's just forget about mentioning any of the other kickboxers thereafter, because they didn't have the man All right. in them. All right, so basically, well, basically, you guys, if you're unfamiliar with Kickboxer, it is a movie starring Jean-Claude Van Damme, where he and his brother, they, his brother's a world champion. He travels over to Thailand to fight the champion, Tong Po. He ends up getting paralyzed, which... Van Damme is out for vengeance. And the long story short, Van Damme wins. He beats Tong Po in the old way. And so... <laughs> stop, dude. You're going to make me laugh. So he, he tries to fight him in the old way. And so when they fight, he wins. That's enough said. So they decided, hey, years later, let's do this again. But this time, I think they had a better cast. Jean Claude Van Damme. Debatable. Oh, that's, debatable. That's debatable. Yes, I, I say debatable because of the the main character, but we'll, we'll we'll get to that. All right. Well, here it is. The star. Here are the stars of the movie. You have Dave Bautista. He's he's a world champion from WWE. He also you may have know him. If you don't know him, you know him from Guardians of the Galaxy. He was the big blue guy who didn't get metaphors. <laughs> loved him in that role he's like it was over his head it's never over my head I will catch it and cape it or something he said that was stupid but it made me laugh um, you have Alan M- Mosey you guys don't know him but he's a he's a re- oh, what's the word he's a stuntman who is very he gets a lot of work you, he performed in movies such as X-Men Days of Future Past. He was also in that Warcraft movie. Then you also have Gina, Car- the beautiful Gina Carano. Start, she, starred, she started as a Muay Thai fighter, and she's the first American woman to win the title there with a 12-1 record. Yes, as we mentioned before, well, we, I, you know, whatever. Uh, mentioned before, he she is the the uh, Ronda Rousey before Ronda Rousey, and then she went to MMA and she won seven total fights, but then she ends up losing to Cyborg. But then Cyborg. she um, they found out Cyborg was juicing. <laughs> 
so then yeah so her that loss even though although it's a loss they still count it as a win for her because they should have disqualified her based on health general health well wellness rules or whatever the hell they called it something to that effect yeah so there's an asterisk on that on that victory so technically she's undefeated yes so and also there she she was in the movie haywire which had got rave reviews um she also had the best fight scene for fast and furious six when you may remember her when she was fighting um damn i can't remember her name michelle rodriguez michelle rodriguez yeah in the subway oh man that was an awesome fight scene and also the fight scene where she ends up punching colossus in the dick because <laughs> her shirt gets ripped and he's like oh i'm so sorry oh oh you're you're exposed and then she like oh you're such a gentleman then punched him in the dick hey, that was favorite. your best impression man i gotta i gotta say that i just want to comment on that your your best impression thus far oh oh well thank you sir uh, well it's just you know it's not so it's really easy to do colossus <laughs> But then you had, as we said before, JCVD, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and he doesn't need any other greater introduction than what we gave him previously. He's an international and American treasure. As Mike said, he should have got an Oscar. For which movie? Bloodsport? Bloodsport, JCVD. They need to go ahead and the, the, oh, Let's let's not get into that right now. <laughs> let's just let's go with it. All right, Bloodsport, right. ACVD, and I, I I think that they ought to ha- go ahead and give him an uh, an honorary Oscar for his contributions to martial arts cinema. Okay, I'll let you have that one. He does deserve one for his contribution, his lifetime achievement to martial arts cinema. And also, just in case, my favorite scene, one of my favorite scenes from JCVD, not the movie, the actor, when he was in Expendables 2, when he was Jean Villain. That's, that is Stallone writing. If you get it without the accent, he's Jean Villain. <laughs> yeah. But he's like, symbols. I like symbols. You see this? This is the goat. It is the symbol of the Satan. I was like, what is he talking about? Your impressions are horrible. You sounded like Barack. Uh, Let me be clear. Uh, This is Barack, sir. Uh, That was your Barack or Borat or however you pronounce that name. Okay, hey, I'll give it to you. Oh, as you guys can see, we're in for a good time today. Oh, so the director is John Stockwell. You may remember him, you 80s babies, may remember him as Cougar in Top Gun. Really? Yes, he was in Top Gun. He's an, he, was an, oh. he is an actor as well as a director. The rest of it I is not very well that. known. <laughs> but as a director... Um, his directing credit hasn't been too great. He, he's directed crap I just don't like. Um, he directed the movie Blue Crush. Yeah, no one remembers that. Into the Blue with the dead blue-eyed guy from Fast Furious. 
and a few episodes of the hit show The L Word. Hey, I like The L Word. I didn't say that was bad. I just said Blue Crush. Do you remember Blue Crush? No, I don't remember Blue Crush. What about Into the Blue? Well, Into the Blue, the only reason why I kind of remember that is because we uh, remember when we were watching the kickboxer movies in between uh, the movies that we watched, we, we saw a glimpse of Into the Blue. Oh. Paul Walker, really. remember? He was, yeah, he had. Oh, you were telling me water. about that where it's your, it's your crib uh, yeah, watching yeah. it. Yeah, it's a, it's a crap fest. Don't, don't watch it. No, I severely say don't watch it. Now, <laughs> there was a one liner synopsis of the movie, but I found another synopsis which I thought was more befitting of the movie. So the, here it is. The synopsis says. Eric and Kurt Sloan are the descendants of a well-known Venice, California-based family of martial artists. Kurt has always been an older brother, has been an older brother, Eric's shadow, as he lacks the instincts needed to become a champion. Against Kurt's concerns, Eric accepts a paid offer and travels to Thailand to challenge the Muay Thai champion Tong Po and fails with dire consequences. Kurt sets out for revenge. He trains with his brother's mentor, Duran, JCVD, for a Muay Thai fight against the merciless champion, Tong Po. Duran's first thinks Kurt is impossible to train. But through a series of spiritual exercises and tests, Duran discovers that Kurt has a deeper strength that will carry him through his final showdown with Tong Po. Wow, <laughs> that is an amazing synopsis. I, I'd like to see the movie that that goes with. <laughs> Honestly, if the movie translated any of this extra information, I thought it would have been a good movie. I mean, maybe maybe for the sequel, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because yeah, I didn't get that they were from Venice. I definitely didn't know it was a martial arts family. I just thought Kurt, I mean, I knew Kurt trained, but you didn't hear anything about their family lineage in the movie. You just hear that, oh, that Eric's a champion, and his little brother Kurt trains him. Then, what was another thing they said? Spiritual exercises? Yeah, spiritual exercises. Uh None of that happened. I mean, him and Durand meet, not not to get into the, you know, storyline of the movie right now, but they meet and then they fight and then he trains them. That's pretty much what happened. I mean, maybe that's the consider, considering spiritual? Exercises, plural, though, and tests. Oh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's in the extended version. <laughs> I hope not. I wouldn't watch this again. <laughs> I barely got through with it. I was lucky I had to just skip through the major parts to get to all the stuff that we're going to talk about today. But first impression of the movie for you, sir. What was your first impression? Uh, first impression. So I have to say that, that this movie was better paced than the original. I will say that. It uh, had some good performances. The martial arts sequences for uh, the main stars, that being Batista and John Claude Van Damme, are top notch. <laughs> hey, top notch. We, we won't get into the other fight sequences. I'll just mention those two. I'll mention the highlights. 
And uh, in comparison to the original, I have to say that those fight scenes and uh, with those uh, two main stars were a lot better. To include the finale uh, versus uh, Tom Poe, minus one little tidbit that we'll talk about later. But uh, otherwise, uh, downfall for it, I will say that the storyline in this one was very muddled and confusing. And unless you are a fan of the original and actually seen the original, I will say that uh, fans will be very confused. Martial arts fans that hadn't seen the original will be very confused with this movie. But otherwise, thumbs up. It was a good time. Check your brain at the door. Okay. My first impression... Well, besides us making jokes throughout the entire movie, I mean, it was a pretty much a shit fest. <laughs> and the reason why I say that, I mean, in all due respect to JCVD, the pacing, I mean, the movie, as, as I watched it again, the pacing of the movie, that ha- it doesn't seem to slow down. It, it has a good, I think the only time it slows down when it jumps back to the flashback to let you know what happened to Eric. Right. Because we start out with the brother, who you don't even hear that he's the brother at the time, going to this place. And it's always something happening. Some, it's like almost like an ADD movie. Something has to keep happening to keep your eyes glued to the screen. And that was good. That was something I thought was very well, as you said. And But the editing and the way they cut the movie the st- made it the storytelling storytelling. storytelling muddled and very hard to follow if you didn't if you did not know anything about the original movie like and i thought they really lacked on the whole brother love story like there wasn't much like you don't know what's happening with the brothers how they're so close it's just that oh this is my baby brother he looks out for me and he helps right. keeps me on the straight and narrow and i was kind of like but what happened to your family? You know, where's your dad? Where's your mom? Who are all these people at this gym that you're throwing this party? So they seem like they left out some key details for, like, the main points that they were trying to highlight from the original film. Like, they had a paint-by-numbers movie maker program. And they tried to, like, oh, we need to talk about this, 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 and this, and just get it paced to the point to where you cover all the main points and i think that's the part where like if you look at the original how as we said it seemed like there's a the fight scenes there it seemed like the fight scenes were at a good pace but the storytelling part slowed the movie down in the original but that's because it kept i believe it in comparison to this one you're it's feeding you a lot of details that kind of like foreshadows the other parts of the movie and it ties together totally but there's questions that's to be had with this movie. So, yeah, that's my first impression. It could have been better, but the pacing was good. So, yeah. So, I guess we're kind of in agreement on that. Yeah, I think we're in agreement. But plus, I mean, we got to, I think we talked about this a little bit. You got to look at the demographic that they were targeting. I mean, the movie is, is punch, 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 tits, ass. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, you're, you're okay. If, if all us fails, I just take it out later. <laughs> all right. But uh, yeah, I mean, you, definitely from the 18 year old to you know 80s baby, 
uh, age, we'll say, I don't know, 40s or yeah, whatever. Yeah, we'll say about 18 to 40 demographic. Like, you definitely get, or maybe even younger, maybe, well, maybe they're hitting like that 15 to 20-something. But then the reason why they did the kickboxer movie is to try to hit the 80s babies that remembered the Jean, the 20s, the 25s to the um, 40-year-olds or late 20s, early 40s that remembered the original kickboxer, which is why JCVD is in the movie. Right. Because if he wasn't in the movie, I don't think anybody would have watched it. <laughs> Uh, you know, honestly, you're probably right about that. I'll, uh, I, I also would say that I don't think uh, Dave Batista would have even taken the, the role had Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, not been in it. Actually, that is true, because when I heard that, when I saw that, I saw the um, clip of Dave Batista's Tong Po, I was like, oh, crap. And then I was like, he looks good. He's a lot smaller. Very lean. Yeah, very, very lean. lean and and so that's the part where I was kind of like, oh, he's in it. I'm not going to say because he's in it, it's going to be good. Like, he does great work all the time. But he's very he's been very solid as an act in his acting roles. Dave Batista, I mean. Yeah, I, I will agree with that. In fact, I'd probably say that, that he's the, the best wrestler turned actor in the business today. Uh, um, we're not going to talk about that, sir. Okay, we won't get into that, but... No, That's because just my I, well, he's better than Hulk Hogan. He's better than Hogan, Cena, and the man we will not mention right now. Dude, you, you're about to start a fight. No, he's he's on par with um, man. The, I'm gonna just say it like this: The Rock is franchise Viagra. Ah, funny, you do exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> Never had to say his name. That's great. I'm just saying, The Rock is franchise Viagra. It, the man does great stuff. If your franchise is lacking popularity, you go get the most electrifying man in sports and entertainment. You don't get John Cena. You don't get Dave Batista, Deacon Batista. You don't do that. He injected uh, life into the uh, James Bond movie. I thought he was awesome in that movie as the henchman. I didn't see that. Well, you'll have to watch it, my friend. Okay. But I will say this. Batista has been giving solid work. I mean, I haven't been disappointed with anything. Like, I wasn't even disappointed with him in this movie. I was actually quite surprised. He was pretty good and fierce. Yeah, he was very good. He was a highlight of the movie. So let's go ahead and do, like, a recap of the movie, what's happening. So... The movie starts out with present day. This guy comes to this temple out of the backwoods of some area in Thailand. Well, you don't even know it's Thailand. You just think it's in some backwoods area in this weird temple, which you kind of hint is somewhere in Southeast Asia. Wanting to train. The guy ends up having to prove himself by fighting the drunk who opens the door. <laughs> After defeating the drunk, he ends up fighting the Doom Master. Yeah, I say Doom Master because the guy, TJ Storm, he was... For you other 80s babies or 90s babies that watched the show VR Troopers, uh, TJ Storm was one of the bad guys on that show. Who, but he also, if you also remember, he looks like DJ from Street Fighter. God, I hope that's not his real name. TJ Storm? Oh, God. That, that's horrible. I don't, I don't know, man. 
It, I mean, he sounded like an X-Man. <laughs> so after losing to TJ Storm, he, he was welcomed to the temple. While doing laundry, the drunk tries to steal the wallet and the money. The guy tells the drunk to keep the money. He needs it more than he does. The reason why I keep saying the guy, because you don't find out who is this guy that came to the temple. You don't know his name yet. Yeah, he's just some guy, as you said. He, we finally we finally get to see Tong Po, David Batiste. This is later that evening after doing laundry. We finally see Tong Po. Dave Batista comes out to this ring. He punches. He throws some punches, elbows, and kicks this concrete-like pagoda, little baby pagoda figure. It falls apart. The mouthpiece of David Batista, his um, his wrestling manager, if you will, his mouthpiece. Um, what's his name? I can't think of his name. He always talks about I Brock Lesnar. Oh, right. Uh, Paul that's Heyman. Uh, Paul Heyman. Yeah, that's his Paul Heyman. I, I got to say, I got to mention, well, never mind. Go ahead and continue. We'll mention that later. Let's continue with the synopsis. Well, he bitched, well, he bitches like, um, after he's like, this is Tong Po. Tong Po comes out, breaks the thing up, falls apart, and then he goes to go sit down and he says, does anybody want to challenge Tong Po? No one challenges Tong Po, so they spar. The fight's over with. Tong Po returns to his quarters with some ladies. The new guy is sneaking around the complex with a gun in his hand. He goes to Tong Po's room. He's ambushed by Tong Po. And he and Tong Po figures out who he is and calls him Sloan. He tells Sloan that his he's a coward. His brother was a warrior because he died in the ring. He beats up Sloan. And as Sloan gets knocked out, there's a flashback. Which I find peculiar, but hey, I didn't direct the movie. Hey, that's not my thing. And so the flashback <laughs> goes, Eric Sloan won the gold gold medal, the world championship. The party is celebrating him at the gym that he trains at. Enters in the sexy Gina Carano character. I don't know her name. She's the fight promoter. She probably has a name, but I don't care. She's Gina. She offers him immortality to fight the undefeated Thailand champion. He gets 20K, I mean 200K right now, and 200K if he wins, or when he wins, as she puts it. The brother argues about going to Thailand, confronts him about his arrogance. Eric goes, to, and so Eric is like, he wants to go. While he's on top, he needs to make the best, most money that he can. And then he goes to Thailand. Kurtz gets a letter from Eric with a plane ticket, and he goes to Thailand also. Curtis in Thailand, he watches his brother gets killed by Tong Po. The cops come break up the place. Kurt goes to the morgue to identify his brother's body. Gina enters. She tries to smooth things over. She says that he has he had the best trainer. He jacks up Gina. The cops beat Kurt with batons. The cops take him to the trainer, enters Durant. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Van Damme gives the money to Kurt. But at this scene, he kind of comes across as a dick. No, man, that's your opinion. I, I completely disagree with you on that. Really? Okay, right. check it really. out. 
check it out. He says this. He says, here's the money. Here's your brother's cut. He wants you to, he wanted you to have it if anything happened to him. Well, obviously, it did. (laughs) (laughs) And so Kurt's like, are you trying to make a joke? Do you hear me laughing? That's funny. <laughs> it is funny, but it's horrible because he's like, your brother's dead. Here's his money. Ha ha. <laughs> that, that's funny, man. It's Jean-Claude Van Damme. They're trying to lighten the mood. That's not light. That was horrible. <laughs> I'll be, I'll just saying, at that moment, I think that's why Kurt wants to kick his butt. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... So he says he wanted he, so yeah so he wanted him to have this if anything happened to him well it did Kurt says you're about to are you making a joke do you see me laughing JC says he trains people he doesn't tell people who to fight and when to fight the cop tells Kurt he needs to leave if he comes back oh sorry so then they leave at the airport the cop tells Kurt like he's trying to force him back on the plane and says he needs to leave if he comes back he will be arrested this is all the flashback. So now we're back in present day. We're back at Tong, Tong Po's. Paul Heyman is talking about how he should have just pulled the trigger and goes into some diatribe about how Corleone was sitting across from the men who tried to kill his dad and how he was debating should he kill them in cold blood, in which he should he did because he had to pull the trigger. And even Tong Po was like, yeah, you should have killed me. He says, I, and then Kurt says, I should have. That was a weird, like, ex, uh, exchange of words there while waiting on the cops to come arrest him. Yeah, that was a little strange, but I, I, I think that they were trying to establish that this Tong Po is, is, how do you say, not more mellow, but level-headed. I believe. Well, that's what I got, because in the original movie, you didn't know much about Tong Po. Tong Po is kind of like the quiet bad guy. And he kicked ass, and you kind of like, and he when he defeated you, he kind of had that smirk like, that's what you get, bitch. <laughs> but this Tong Po was like, I'm a peaceful man. I kill because I have to, because I fight in the ring. I mean, it's just weird, his philosophy. I was didn't get it, but he seemed really calm. But I wanted to slap his mouthpiece off. So like, dude, just shut up. Stop talking so much. <laughs> so the female detective comes in, pulls him, and says that you're the only eyewitness to this whole thing. But since you tried to kill Tong Po, your credibility is now under suspect. <laughs> and after chastising him... She sets him up and takes him back to Duran. Guys, if you're listening, remember this. She takes him to go see Duran. Why would she take him to go see Duran if he needs to leave? But as they're but as they're leaving, headed towards Duran, this is where you get one of the sloppiest fight scenes I've ever seen. I thought it was cool, but sloppy. They get out these you see these guys pull up these elephants these elephants um block their way front and behind these guys come jack them up take them out the car 
Kurt gets out and he's being all Superman and but the kicks just don't seem like the fight just doesn't seem like it's really choreographed that well. Or maybe that was the intent cuz you know they're fighting for the life. What do you think about that? I'm starting to wonder if maybe they made it that way just to show that yes, uh Kurt Sloan can fight, but he's not that good of a fighter yet and that he will get better once he gets trained by Durant. Because I was thinking about that after we watched it. I'm like, well, maybe they, they purposely choreographed it that way to show that, yeah, okay, these guys are, they know how to fight. Kurt knows how to fight, but none of them are really that spectacular. Uh, and he ends up beating these guys, but that was because they weren't very formidable opponents. They had uh, minor skills. So he has a baseline skill is how I, I thought about it afterwards. But I will say that the elephants were a little cliche. It was. I was hoping, you know, big trucks or something, not the elephants, because you act like everyone in Thailand rides elephants. I've been to Thailand, and, you know, we did see elephants, but it wasn't like, hey, Bubba, come on. But actually, you did bring up a good point, because remember in the the original, the initial opening when he goes to Tong Po's temple and he fights the drunk and everyone's like talking about how the drunk's supposed to be better when he fights better when he's been drinking. But he's right. really, and the guy's like, oh, he's really fast and they're like, no, you're just really slow. But then he <laughs> fights TJ Storm and they seem like TJ Storm seems to be toying with them and then he does this kick that knocks Kurt on his butt. <laughs> Right, the, uh, what you call it? What, who's that guy? Your, TJ your boyfriend? Why my boyfriend? Uh, Scott Atkins. Yeah, Scott Atkins. He does the Scott Atkins kick. Oh, come on, man. Chill out. Now, <laughs> um, and Scott Atkins is great, by the way. He's the next, he's gonna be the man that leads the martial arts genre into the next millennium. I'm telling you, man. No, that, that's your opinion. I, he's too busy right now writing the coattails of JCVD, but that's for another uh, podcast. All right, that's another show, another show. We'll talk about Scott Atkins versus JCVD later. But, and so, well, maybe I was thinking about that, like what you just said, and seeing that, and we'll get to this later, when he goes back to the temple, he ends up having to challenge Tong Po, and he has to fight TJ Storm again. And TJ Storm leads off with that same kick and kicks him in the chest, and the de- and Kurt doesn't move. <laughs> mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe, maybe the sloppiness of the fight scenes added to the um, story that they're trying to tell, or are we giving the writers too much credit? We may be giving the writers too much credit, and and. W- We'll come back to this because as you uh, continue on with the uh, synopsis, or not the synopsis, but the, uh, the breakdown of the movie. Yeah, the play-by-play. Uh, there's going to be some other fight scenes that come up that may bring that theory into question. So then we go to... Um sorry, I, sorry, guys. I just got a text from my wife. Um, so, 
after this fight scene, she takes him back to Durant. Um, JC, JCVD talks about how he failed Eric. And a sparring match between JCVD and Kurt. I'm going to just keep calling him JCVD instead of his character, Master Durant. Because he didn't seem any... He didn't seem... Okay, how many of you guys have seen Dragon Ball Z? He seemed like um, Roshi. He didn't seem like, when you think about masters of fighting, this guy that seemed real cool. He's walking around with the sunglasses, a hat. I was waiting on him to be sniffing panties and his blood blood starts squirting from his nose. I mean, this is the character that JCVD seemed to carry on with this Master Duran. Do you agree or disagree, Mike? Uh, well, I, will, I did find it odd that he was wearing his own sunglasses and hat. I, I will say that. <laughs> You know, he was a little bit, he came across a little bit as too, too cool for school, so to speak. So, uh, yeah, I kind of agree with you on that. I'll say that. But then again, I mean, you gotta look at this. He's JCVD. (laughs) (laughs) He does what he wants. Especially in a, in a crazy movie. Like, what was it in JCVD? He was mad at the director because they wanted him to do that whole fight sequence again, and he was out of breath. He's like, I cannot do this again. I am 65 years old. And I was like, <laughs> or 55, whatever how old he is. I don't care. I, I, I think he was 50-something at the time. But, yeah, awesome movie, by the way. I'm just going to throw that out there. I will say that again, JCVD. If you haven't seen it, go see it. And this is coming from the guy who said um, Black Dynamite was a great movie also. Black Dynamite was pretty damn good. Mm, yeah. Okay, I'm going to continue on with that. So, there's more training. He tra- decides to... Oh, but then they train, they spar, and JCVD kicks Kurt's ass. In an embarrassing sort of fashion, too, like a roundhouse kick. He ducks and punches him in his other knee. <laughs> I mean, JCVD just really just beat the crap out of him. But I think that was a sign of making him humble himself to this old man who just kicked his butt. Yeah, I think it it, uh, it uh, worked for, for several reasons. One was to show humility for that one guy. And then, uh, two, to show the audience that JCVD still got it. Oh, yeah. So there's more training. Um, they're riding around on a bike. Kurt's all out of breath. He asked JCVD for, like, a moment to rest. And JCVD punches him in the gut. And he says, and Kurt asks, why would you do that? JCVD says, do you think Pung Po would give you a break? <laughs> and he tries to fight JCVD again. Sloan loses horribly as JCVD roundhouses him and kicks him into the lake. <laughs> <laughs> so there's more training. And there's this part where I they really missed a great moment to do something to tease because this is in all of JCVD movies doing in, in his younger days, him doing the split was like his calling card, right? Mm-hmm. And so this whole split, so he does this whole thing where he's on water, like these little rafts and stuff, and he ends up doing the split, and he's like, ha ha. Like, he's all, like, looking at Jean-Claude, and he's like, 
right, right? And he's like, the splits, come on, we have more to do. <laughs> but I was like, I was hoping that he would say something about that whole thing. Like some funny thing, like that's not epic. Because that Super Bowl commercial, the most epic of splits. I, I I liked that scene. I thought it was a nice nod to the uh, it whole was, move with the split. It was a nice nod, though. I would just figure I wanted him to say something really funny, like really dismissive about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was a missed opportunity. I, I'll agree with you that, but uh, it's nice that they at least included that little nod because, I mean, really and truly, that that whole split thing back in the day, it's kind of ridiculous. Women loved it. Hey, I loved it. <laughs> I mean, it was cool. I mean, when JCVD <laughs> did it on chairs and blood sport, you're like, ogres like, Dude, you need to quit that. You might want to have kids someday. <laughs> Ogre. That's, well, his name wasn't Ogre in the movie, guys. His name was Ray Jackson. Yes, famous for Ogre. He's famous for Ogre for Revenge of the Nerds. But, yeah, he was in the movie in Bloodsport, and he's like, Earth the Frankie, Earth the Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you may want to stop that. You may want to have kids someday. <laughs> uh, his best split, I would say, was uh, Time Cop. Oh, when he got when he jumped above. My wife loves that scene, by the way. But when he's about to get tasered. Exactly. On the yeah, that's probably one of his best ones, in my opinion. Well, that's because it saved his life. The other one's just like him just doing it. Like, oh, look at me. The other one said that one was like it had some meaning to it. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so then we get to the coconut training scene. <laughs> and and he's like, eh. And JCVD looks at him like, hey, you like coconuts? And the guy's and Kurt's like, yeah, how about some coconuts? And then he's like, and the kids are like, coconuts, coconuts. And then they run, get the coconuts, and then they start throwing them at them. And they're like, no, you're supposed to break them, you know. And I was like, what? So Van Damme's like, let me show you how this works. And so every time they threw a coconut at JCVD, he ends up breaking the coconut with his a punch and an arm or whatever. And so Kurt tries to do the same thing and gets knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> but here's my thing. And these kids come up during the sparring session. Who the hell are these kids? Yeah, that was the question of the movie, which, if you think about it too much, made the character of Duran a little creepy because he didn't have a niece or or anything. He didn't Why mention anything kids? about a family or grandkids. Yeah, it was it was kind of weird. I I still don't understand who these kids were because there was nobody around that lived near him. He was out in the middle of nowhere. Like, in the original movie, you had, in the original JCVD kickboxer, you had the niece who would come and, you know, help out Zian. And that made sense. Like, he's like, oh, go to the store and, see, and you know, get my groceries or whatever. And she says, oh, my Uncle Zian. It made sense. Enough said. It could have been something. He's like, hey, you kids. And he's like, when they're talking to him, he's like, hey, 
something that says, hey, my grandkids or my nieces or, you know, my girlfriend's kids or something. Yeah, I mean, he could, they could have even, uh, he could have had, uh, the director could have had him say the kids by name and then respond, Uncle Durand. Yeah. You know, something. Something that came up so that it'll be, um, something to come up to say that these kids are either relations because then you got this dude that's kind of a white man hanging out in um, Thailand and yeah yeah exactly but Kurt gets knocked out there's more training more sparring Kurt says he's ready Van Damme wants to see oh, okay are you ready and so they spar and it seems like he, he best in this toying playing session sparring session between jcvd and kurt he seems to get the upper hand in one move so he says hey let's go get a drink (laughs) (laughs) so duran takes kurt to a bar meets some british douche and they have a bar fight with another mma legend who was in one of the universal soldier movies but I don't remember that guy's name, but he's an MMA legend as well. And Kurt get his ass kicked. JCVD had to save the day. Yeah, I, I thought, uh, just to, to interrupt for one second, I thought that was also a missed opportunity there for, for some comic relief. Because I think one of the, the things that, that I disliked about it, I think you as well, is that the tone of the movie... Uh, I believe was a little bit too serious. Uh, very little comic relief on yeah. the movie. I mean, like, there was a lot of comic relief at good spots to kind of ease the tension of this whole revenge plot, right? But this one, it seemed like this movie was taking itself too seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, it's trying to be a big-budget fight movie when it's like an independent, an indie film that's probably going straight to DVD. I, I would say so, yeah. Well, after the fight scene, if you guys remember, the drunk from the temple comes to train with Duran. Duran questions him and fights the guy. The the drunk gets his butt kicked and Duran tells him he needs to stop drinking. <laughs> and then there's more training. <laughs> so there's a scene where the um, JCVD and Kurt are training, and he tells him, if you're afraid to die in a fight with Tong Po, you're dead. I don't want to lose two sons. So as they're sparring, he's like teaching him the uh, move that killed his brother, how to get out of that move. And then it flashes, it cuts after that. Kurt goes back to the temple and sets up a fight with Tong Po. He challenges him. Tong Po tries to see if he's worthy. He sets up fights between a couple of his best fighters. First, he fights T.J. Storm again. As I said earlier, T.J. Storm's lead with that kick that put Kurt out the first time, but it doesn't hurt or budges Kurt. Kurt's defeat him with a with a front flip kick. He fights another one of the guy, another guy who's one of his better fighters that you've never seen throughout the movie, but Kurt knocks him out too. The mouthpiece says, Tong Po has accepted your challenge, and this all ensues. The next thing, the police was, you find out the police was listening in on the conversations. The police 
And then the police, there's a mole in the police department that's helping out Tong Po. And Gina, the police mole, informs Gina that her place has been compromised. And Gina comes up with this masterful plan to, like, basically, let's have some bogus conversations, since we know that they're listening in, to send them to the wrong place while this really big fight takes place. Basically, if you guys remember this, this is a scene, basically ripped this scene completely from um, Bloodsport. Oh, right. Yeah. So the, in Bloodsport, if you guys remember, the FBI agents come to or the military police or whoever the hell these guys are go to get um, Frank Ducks, Frank, Frank Dukes, whatever his name is. Yeah, that's, that's Dukes. Like, put up your dude. <laughs> That's who the mouthpiece remind me of in this movie <laughs> in comparison to Bloodsport. Because he's like, oh, you must be Frank Ducks. No, no, no. That's Dukes. Oh, like, put up your Dukes, right? <laughs> this this mouthpiece, you guys, if you see the movie, you're, if you saw Bloodsport and you see this movie, they both talk too much. <laughs> and so they send the, pe- the police on a a bad ghost chase which sets up the female detective that seems to be bumping uglies with Kurt. She survives. Well, I ain't got that part, but I'm just saying that they, they've been hooking up a couple times, which is weird because she, he's I don't know how long he's been in Thailand because he's there and then like he meets the detective and somehow not too long after the death of his brother, they're shagging. Hey, there you the go. Movie, uh, they keep shagging. It's a little eye candy, man. You gotta. I just wish they had the budget to uh, pay for both breasts. <laughs> but, hey. Yeah, because I, I, after watching it the second time, the um, the the previous sex scenes had no nudity except for Kurt with his shirt off, and then when they finally get some nudity in, is one boob. <laughs> so yeah. Maybe they, they spent all the budget on the shitty choreographs. <laughs> so, and so as I said, the police was listening in. Gina sends them to the wrong case, the wrong place. She they set they set up a hit. She survives. She figures out who the mole is. The lead detective goes to stop Kurt at the place where she's staying at with Durant. They fight. This is where the bump and uglies comes in, and you see the magnificent, magnanimous one boob. <laughs> Which is weird because you see her. Okay, this is going to sound real sexist, guys. But when you see her throughout the entire movie, I have more boob than she does, what it appears throughout the whole movie. The moment she takes off her shirt, you're like, where did those come from? Maybe, maybe she does like those women from Korea. Oh, like the breast, Im- the breast implants? No, no, no. You know how they oh, like. Oh, the thing I told like you about to taping them down. Taping them down. Yeah, maybe she's been having them taped down, and she released them in all their glory to get with Kurt Sloan. Mm, mm, mm. It's very far fetched. I think it was a body double. I'm gonna lean towards the body double, but that's nice. But we're we're gonna we're reaching for that. We're trying to tie it in. <laughs> <laughs> But after she bump ugly, the next day she goes back to arrest Kurt and Duran. <laughs> he must have been really bad. 
<laughs> yeah, the sex scene didn't last that long. What, 30 seconds, I think, so. No, I'm going to chop that up to editing. But he must have been real bad the whole time because it's like, this happened, this happened. It's like, y'all been bumping uglies. Maybe the whole movie, she's like, he'll get better, he'll get better. And then he doesn't. So she's like, you know what, this is for your own protection. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is the funny, like, the weirdest part, but the funniest part to me in the whole movie is the jail time. They, they're locked up in jail. They trick a guard on how to get out. But it's just Van Damme's presence. Like, we know Van Damme can fight. But instead, the whole movie, he's letting Kurt Sloan do all the fighting while they escape. Like, he's like, hey, hey. Over there. Like, he's pointing. Like, he sees a guy coming. He could kick him, but he waits for Kurt to kick him. So I thought that was really funny. But the best, I think this is probably um, one of the best fight scenes with JCVD. While they're running, they have the cops that are chasing them. And as the cops are chasing them, they end up um, getting trapped by these glass holders. And they're trying to fight not to break the glass. And as the fight scene carries on, Van Damme ends up kicking both officers to each plate of glass, pane of glass. So I thought that was a good fight scene. And he's like, whoops, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. But I will say that I think that they had Van Damme, uh, how do you say, uh, allow Kurt to do the fighting during the escape. I believe that they were trying to do this more like a test for Kurt, although I will say that it was confusing with the execution. Uh, you know, kind of like uh, when Zian from the original, for those of who have seen the original, uh, has him fight uh, in the bar while drunk. You know, remember his, his ah. mother had... I think, but I could be, again, giving the movie a little bit too much credit <laughs> but you know, if I that would also that would also be something that would have been like it was clearly like okay if we're comparing it to the original that bar scene you knew it was a test because everything Zian did throughout the whole movie like ready to defend <laughs> and he drops a coconut on him you know <laughs> but then um, they go to the bar he says let's have a drink and you never see Ian Zian drink but. Van Damme is getting hammered. And so Zian, he said, do you dance disco? And he's like, yeah. Okay, get up and go dance. And then they put the music on. He goes and tells all the fighters. Their mothers have sex with mules. <laughs> and then they all <laughs> fight Van Damme. I mean, we could see that coming, the way how the scene was building. Like, oh, you better watch yourself. But this one, it was kind of weird, like, it's not translated very well if it's a test for them to get out. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I follow. So then you have the fight, which was very interesting because you haven't really seen Kurt really test his skills since the crappy... I mean, you saw him get beat up at the bar... And before that, you see him beat some people in a really crappy fight scene with the elephants earlier in the movie. Um, this one, you got the fight. Oh, oh, and then he gets better when he does the front flip kick. 
when he goes back and challenged Tong Po. But there's nothing, there's no build-up to this. You see what I'm saying? So then you get to this this grand fight that's that last three rounds. So you get the introduction. Kurt is being booed by the audience, and you got the Paul the Ty the Ty the Ty Paul Heyman introducing the challenger, Kurt Sloan, who broke out of prison, who broke out of jail to be with them today. And I was like, he is just talking too too much. <laughs> But Kurt's being booed by the by the fans. He introduces Tong Po, and he says that he's the man who defies physics. He's responsible for more than half of the deaths in the ring in Thailand, in Muay Thai. Oh, pardon me. So he says, he, well, sorry, he's responsible for more than half the deaths. And then they introduces Tong Po to cheers. And in passing... You see them making sure they put the championship necklace, the neck, the champion amulet around Tong Po's neck. And then JCVD says in passing that he can do it. That amulet has been around his neck for too long. <laughs> so then the first round, as, as while he's saying this, while they're wrapping his hands in resin, which is basically like rope, y'all. So first hand... The first round is hand-to-hand -hand combat. Kurt's attack doesn't seem to phase Tong Po. The first strike knocks Kurt to the ground. JCVD has funny, funny expressions during the entire fight, like, oh, ooh, get up, Kurt. <laughs> yeah, he's looking like, oh, shit, I trained this guy. <laughs> like, yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> for real and it is like and after the first round jcvd is like gives him water rubbing his shoulder he says you're doing well kurt looks at him like what fight are you watching <laughs> <laughs> and he's like so funny, uh -huh. one of the funny things about this also not to interrupt you is no, that as, as jcvd is saying you're doing well even jcvd's facial expression Shows that he doesn't even believe that himself. <laughs> exactly, but he has to say it just to keep uh, morale high. So, hello, what? So then you get to the second round, and the guy's like, "Oh my God, this guy survived the first round." Place your bets, and now let's up the ante. Let's add glass. And I was like, really? Really? So they add the glass. You have no idea how they get the glass to stick to the the ropes. But they're fighting. Kurt seems to def Kurt seems to defend, but he gets ripped to shreds by the glass. And he survives round two. So then the third and final round is you, they're using weapons. So they're both each given two swords, and while they're fighting with the weapons, it, the battle goes back and forth. They knock the swords out of each other's hands, one getting stuck into the fence. And then they go back to more hand-to-hand -hand, hand -hand combat. Tong Po puts Kurt in the move that killed his brother. And while in the move, he remembers what JCVD says. 
that the technique what sorry he remembers what the technique is and how to get out kurt uses the he breaks the hold as kurt begins to win the drunk bastard begins to chant Naksu Kao, the white warrior and the fight ends with Tong Po neck being cut by the sword that was forced into the fence earlier in the round. And the, and the movie ends with Kurt and the detective with the drunk and, well, sorry. Movie ends with Kurt and the detective while with the drunk and two other girls on a boat riding off into the sunset. And as they're leaving, JCVD is tipping his hat to them. So, man, so that's so that is the movie Kickboxer Vengeance. Um, if you guys want to chime in, if you if you see the movie, if you tell us what you thought, you can leave comments on the podcast page, or you can find the you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash ke friendly fire. But we're going to get into some final moments. So first i'm going to think of the best moments of the movie some of the best moments probably well the final i mean you had some of those scenes some of the best moments were the scenes with jcvd um the fight scenes the sparring with kurt um seemed to be choreographed very well um batista also put on a fantastic performance he didn't have many lines but he was a domineering presence in the movie um i didn't really um what else actually i think those are the best things about the movie the worst in my opinion the story seemed to lack a lot of the things that made kickboxer the original one any good you didn't really get the story that kurt is really hurt by that kurt is hurt by the death of his brother you know he's hurt because it's the death of his brother but there's nothing that really showed that they were really a good team with each other and so what was some other oh the love story between kurt sloan and the thai detect female detective i have no idea how that just developed out of thin air was it out of pity was it out of you know, hurt that he was, oh, he's mourning his brother. Oh, let me do this to, like, help him out. And she's like, oh, well, let me give him a little bit so he can feel better about himself. <laughs> In the original, it may have seemed a little rushed. But, you know, he's an American. So the whole American is like, we're going to take what we want. So he saw the niece, and then they end up, you know, hook it up. But there was a, you could tell he was there for a while before all this kicked off this whole love scene between them two right and she was also someone who helped in uncle zian's training so these are some of the things that i thought were some of the 
Oh, sorry. And then the whole phrase with Naksu Cow. It was built up in the original movie, and it just seemed to come out of nowhere at the end of this fight. Like, you had the drunken the drunken bastard start chanting it at the end, and then everyone's chanting Naksu Cow. It just didn't seem very believable that it would happen. Right. Yeah. So... As I've stated, as I recap some of my worst and um, best and worst moments of the movie, what about you, sir? What were some of your best and worst moments of the movie? Yeah, well, uh, first off, I think that I probably enjoyed the movie a lot more than you did, but we'll get to that, I guess, at the very end. <laughs> uh, the, the, the best moments for me were the kind of similar to, to what you said, uh, Dave Batista as Tangpo, I thought that was really awesome. What, what's upsetting to me is uh, there's some people uh, that I read on blogs or whatever that are upset that uh, Dave Batista got the role of Tangpo. But I don't think a lot of these people realize that Michael Kesey from the original movie was uh, Moroccan. So... Uh, they're like, oh, it should have been given to an Asian. Well, you know what? Dave Bautista is more Asian than the Moroccan Michael Kesey from the original. So, uh, <laughs> you know, listening, you know, those listening, just give the guy a chance. He, he's really good in the role. I mean, he is. But, um, yeah, so uh, the Tom Poe, I think, was more menacing uh, than the original and uh, the reason why I say that is because uh, the level-headedness that he displays and the fact that he has this, you know, group of followers that he's training, I, I, I think that that makes him uh, more in charge in this movie versus in the original. He was kind of like a uh, henchman for that. Uh, Eddie Lee. Yeah, Eddie Lee. There we go. Thank you. Yeah, Eddie Lee, that, that two-bit. Uh, you you put on sure. You last all the rounds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, well, with that said, he this guy was more in charge of his own his own group and his own uh, money making, uh, so to speak. But uh, I did like that character. Of course, you got to like Van Damme. Every scene with Van Damme really brought the movie up like ten notches. Uh, I, I'm almost 100% sure that he choreographed his scenes as well as Dave Batista's scenes because they were really uh, top-notch and on par. Uh, if you enjoy martial arts movies, you will enjoy all of the fight scenes uh, with those two uh, in, in, in the movie because they were top-notch. They really were. Uh, it really displayed also that Van Damme has still got it, even though he's uh, a lot older now. Now, uh, you know, for for Anthony, I'm going to go ahead and uh, Mr. Caliph, I'm going to go ahead and say this. He 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 believes that that he was only able to do that in small spurts, but I think the man is is still like <laughs> in his 80s phase, you know. He he still got another 20, 30 years to go. In my opinion. If I but. I beg to differ, I do believe it was in small spurts, but it could be up to acting. It just it wasn't it wasn't small enough spurts to where it still believed that he can kick anybody's butt. That's that was yeah. good enough for the movie. 
Right. Well, we'll have to agree to disagree. Fine. But uh, <laughs> uh, I will say that uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme has really like developed as a, an actor. I think that he's a, a more of a screen presence now than even than he even was back back in the day. And uh, I, I think his age has a lot to do with that. So I, I really enjoyed his performance uh, in this movie. Well, that's uh, if I had to cut in on you a little bit, just to add sure. a little bit. I mean, although I did not like the movie JCVD, I think the best part of the movie JCVD, he, it's like he, that for you guys that, have, that, don't, that do not know about this movie, He's a guy that basically he's playing himself. He's going through a divorce. He's, he's you know, acting in these action films. He's getting older. And everyone thinks of him as this tough guy. And he walks into a bank. The bank gets robbed. And everyone's expecting him to do something. But he's just an actor <laughs> who plays exactly. these tough guys. And to me, that was the best part of the movie. It was just kind of like... and. His acting as being afraid and stuff, not and not being able to do those things, and how they play off the fact that um, the perception of the people wanted him to like, why don't you go do something? You can like kick these dudes' butt, you know. Mm-hmm. But he's like, I'm just an actor, <laughs> and I thought right. that was the that was the magic of that movie. I just didn't like it because it was kind of like, I wanted more of that. I wanted what the people in the bank wanted i wanted him to be the hero and he couldn't be the hero he's just a man right yeah i mean i agree i, I think since then uh he, there's a lot more uh humility in his performances in my opinion i'm with you what were some of the worst moments of this movie uh the worst moments uh well <laughs> there's quite a few but obviously the storyline uh the storyline was not linear, which I think that the movie would have done a lot better had it been linear. It should have been a linear uh, uh, time time sequence versus starting with, you know, him trying to assassinate Tompo. Right, assassinate Tompo because we have no idea who any of these characters are. None of them were ever named, and then it flashes back. There was the. Flashback stuff was not necessary. Let's just go ahead and say, tell a linear story, which they didn't. So that was a fail there. Uh, what else? The uh, the Kurt Sloan. Uh, <laughs> so the original one, I mean, yes, okay, Van Damme was, was not a good actor in the original one. But, you know, as I mentioned to you while we were watching the movie, you know, he was a good, bad actor. He had a lot of charisma, you know, in the uh, sense of uh, also Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger is not a great actor, but they both had a lot of charisma and on-screen presence. This Kurt Sloan was just not a good actor, and he didn't have any charisma whatsoever. Like, yeah, there was nothing about him that made you want to watch him. Like, like at least with Van Damme, his bad acting, but his good charisma would make you eventually win. Like it would win over you to like that character. Exactly, and I think that was a fail uh, on the movie as well. Uh, <laughs> the the choreography. We we're talking about the choreography. I was when we were reading about and you know 
the 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 movie, uh, you know, to get ready for this. Well, we found out that the guy that played uh, Kurt Sloan is actually a stuntman slash choreographer. And I would have to say, and I, you know, told you this as well, that is completely a surprise to me. I, I am shocked that that he's a stuntman slash choreographer because every scene, even when he was supposed to be good and trained, was sloppy. Now, we kind of gave the movie credit a little bit with the elephant scene that perhaps it was filmed that way because he hadn't been trained by Master Durant. But like I mentioned, I said we're going to touch back on this. I believe that that theory gets, uh, you know... um, Watered down? Yeah, watered down a little bit because even the fights later on in the movie after he gets trained with Kurt are not good. They're just not. Uh, So that kind of brought the movie down a notch. And the Carnival Barker, I hated him. The Carnival Barker, the mouthpiece for... Oh, man, I was like, shut up. Yeah, I wanted to shoot him. He was so annoying. There was no reason to even have him. Yeah, I mean, like... Tong Po was enough of a presence. Like, in this case, it's not like it's wrestling. He doesn't need Paul Heyman to upsell him. You know, this is a fight. Tong, you just need to know everyone loves Tong Po, and he's the master. He should be able to talk. I mean, he doesn't have to say much. Like, I thought it would have been more menacing to have Tong Po come out, break the little pagoda, right? And then he steps back and he says, now, will anyone challenge me? And no one challenges him and he backs, he just walks back and sits down. That would have been more powerful than the mouthpiece like, doesn't anyone have the nerve to challenge Tong Po? And I'm just like, why are you talking for Tong Po? Like he needs a translator. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so I just thought that that would have been, if if he didn't have that mouthpiece, it would have made Tong Po even more level-headed and menacing. Yeah, I'll agree with that. But, yeah, that's true. But uh, otherwise, uh, I'd say uh, the character development was also uh, lacking. But uh, to back uh, paddle a little bit, I will say that the pacing in this one was very good. Could could you say the reason why the pacing happened so quickly is because the movie wasn't telling a good story? <laughs> uh, I will say that, yes. It's kind of like one of those things. It's, to say that the pacing was better is kind of like a bit of a double-edged sword because I believe that they had the pacing the way it was is because they were trying to mask the lack of good storytelling. And so, and and for you guys also, before we give our rating, just to let you know, um, if this once the sequel come out, I probably will review. We probably will review the sequel. <laughs> um, this one's called Vengeance. This, I think the next one's called Kickboxer Retaliation. Yeah. Exactly. So I'll probably review that. Still, it, it's okay to watch bad movies. So if you had to rank this. Out of five stars, how? What would you give it? Okay, don't be mad at me, man. I give it three and a half out of five. Three and a half. Wow. 
you're nice. I, I, I might say I'm nice because I did enjoy it. I just thought it was the questions really. I did okay. I'm gonna say this. I gave it two out of five stars. Two out of five. Here's the reason why I gave it two out of five. I enjoyed the movie, but the fact that the questions that built up so much, I couldn't. I could not just enjoy the movie. Because I was like, well, who is this guy? Why is this here? And this, and the pacing was going so quick, was going so quickly that if you asked, if you asked um, a question and you were distracted, you missed something. You know, like we were trying to figure out who was Gina in the beginning, and we were talking, and, and I asked the question, like, well. Oh, but this is now we find out they're brothers. And then we look back like, who is her? Who is she? And then we find, then after my second view, and I'm like, oh, he says, she's just a promoter. <laughs> you know? So I just think that it's just with their pacing, they were going too fast. But then, I mean, use, I think they should use the fight scenes to, like, dictate the movie. Like, slow it down and then speed up when you get to the fight scenes because you need the fight scenes to feel and be realistic if that makes sense and so that's why but because of all the questions that boggled down the whole thing in the beginning that's the reason why I said two stars out of five so I guess if we were if I were to say this movie out of both of us put three and a half plus two five and a half divide that by two by mm, 2.75 something like that I'm not a mathematician people so in that case I'm gonna go ahead and conclude the show I want to go ahead and thank mr. Michael Gonzalez for being on the show with us today um, it was great having you um, I really enjoyed the movie, although it's a bad, bad movie. But on that note, I'm your boy Khalif. Thank you guys for listening.